Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wildridge, and this is the show where we like to talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, everything we like to talk about. And with me today is Brian Tong. Brian, introduce yourself to uh, the kids and cats at home. Tell them, if in case they don't know who you are, where they can find you, what you're up to. What's up, DJ? First of all, man, thank you so much for having me. You know, we met on like a uh, Jason Inman's live stream. And so cool to be able to like kind of do something together and talk about something we both love, Mortal Kombat. So really appreciate you having me on, uh, first of all. And then for people that may not be familiar with some of the stuff I do, I kind of do a lot of stuff that covers tech, geek, and culture. Um, If you're into Apple gadgets, Samsung gadgets, things like that, um, that's a lot of what I do. But also I get um, to kind of cover some of the cool behind the scenes of movies. Like uh, I'm working on a piece right now with Disney Animation, Raya, how they kind of re-rigged a lot of the faces of the characters and kind of some of the nitty-gritty fun tech behind that and what they did differently for that movie. So I, I kind of play around in a bunch of these different areas and just feel lucky to be able to have fun, do cool content, whether it's around tech, geek, and culture. And so I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's 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 why you're that's here. Why? That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've I've never I'm not smart with the tech stuff. If I'm being if I'm if I'm being honest with you. So God God bless you and what you're doing. <laughs> Like I want to normally it's like, yeah, I'll key off the way and we'll, and it's like, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a question for the tech stuff. I don't know. Uh, what, let me, how about this? What is exciting you right now in the tech space? In the tech space? Ooh, well, I would say right now we're lucky to even get so much tech being thrown at us by these companies because of the pandemic. Like yeah. it's kind of crazy that Apple, I think what last year they released something like 15 products in three months. And then just recently, like, Actually, a week week or two weeks ago, they announced basically five new products that are all coming out, like a new kind of fancy schmancy colored iMac. And I don't know how much you've been paying attention, but these kind of location, I don't even have one on my desk right now, but these location tracker tags, mm-hmm. Apple calls them air tags. We've had tiles and stuff. They're starting to really become a big thing in the tech space that kind of allows you to track devices like your keys, your wallet or other things. Not people. Mm-hmm. Not yes. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's just it's exciting to see these how now that we have all these platforms and ecosystems are starting to leverage it in different ways. Um, so t- right now I'm just kind of, I'm actually kind of waiting because the most excited thing I'm waiting for is like a brand new 16 inch MacBook pro with this all new processor. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm waiting for on the tech side. And until then I have this little honey pot that is just waiting. Cause that thing's going to cost a lot of honey. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. A you lot got a honey. little piggy bank. You put it in your 10 cents you know, every, every day we'll get there. We'll get there. So uh, speaking of little trackers, do you ever, whenever like a new piece of tech comes out, do you ever be like, mm, this will never be used for anything evil? <laughs> There's nothing, nothing negative this could ever be used for. I, I really, I really think of, you know, these companies have to really think it out. So I, I kind of try and keep an open mind, but know that, I mean, unlike you, DJ, I don't take the evil approach <laughs> first. I try, I try and look, I try and, you know, believe in the best in humanity, but uh, you know, Anything can be used for good or evil. Mm-hmm. Same thing as movies and TV shows. Yep. So, um, you know, it, I'd, I've never come across a product that really turned me off. But there's there's been surprises here and there. I mean, this is look, we're playing with grown up toys basically. When you talk about your phone, your computer, these are grown up toys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, for those that don't know, if you want to listen to this com- conversations like this early or the OSA show, uh, full two hour conversations I have with uh, my co host Roxy Stryer. 
any of that stuff, you can do that at patreon.com slash only stupid answers. Please, uh, before we get into everything, you know, please give us a five star review. Please rate, please share. You get, you know, the whole, all the whole deal. But now, uh, for this episode, we are going to be talking about Mortal Kombat. We're going to give our thoughts on that. And we're also going to talk about video game movie adaptations in general. Mm. But before we do any of that, Brian, we'd like to start off each episode by talking about something that we are into. Is there something that you're into, something you'd like to share with the kids today? I think you have strong opinions on this as well. Do you know where I'm going? Mm -hmm. It's one word, starts with an I, ends with an E invincible yes let's talk about it because i've never i haven't really talked about invincible on the show i'm excited to discuss it with you so you know i read the comic years ago i never actually finished it just because sometimes you get like busy with stuff so Mm -hmm. it was really fun to kind of revisit that world and how amazing it is and uh how how bloody it is (laughs) if if, if that's an understatement uh but i do personally i really really enjoy this series on amazon prime right now um you sometimes the blood gets in the way of the story, okay. but I actually I, I I'm loving it and it's something new and different. But it's a show that I can't recommend to my nieces or my nephews or some of my grown up friends because they're going to get turned off right in the first episode. So that's why it's interesting. It's a compelling show, whether you've read the comics or not. And it completely dovetails differently. The timing of events and things are different, which makes it actually interesting for me to watch. Yeah. Um, I like that kind of like MCU and movies do things differently from the comics, take inspiration. Um, but it it's hard to find people actually that are watching this religiously other than kind of the super uber comic book geek culture person. Yeah, honestly, it's not a mainstream show. It's just just not. (laughs) That's, that's true. That's true. And it's interesting how uh, Amazon is kind of like planting its flag and stuff like the boys and invincible. And I had Mm. read, um, I'd read a little bit of invincible. I have the first couple collections, which I actually think only cover the first eight issues. They're, they're pretty small, which I revisited, um after i watched the first episode oh the first three episodes because the first three episodes aired and i remember when i saw the first episode uh, i felt it, it was a little slow at first it's hitting kind of like traditional the kid and the power and we kind of get it and then of course the ending happens uh and i knew enough about the mythology to, to know the basic trajectory but but i remember seeing the i even think isn't it like a post-credit scene the the the, the scene with the guardians of the globe in the first episode is it post credits? See, that's what I mean. Literally this is the very end. Are. Yeah, it's literally yeah, the yeah, very yeah, end. Yeah. And and I was watching and I was like, oh my God, this might be the most violent thing I've ever seen. And you're like, I started thinking back to like all the stuff I watched. I'm like, this might be the most violent thing I've ever seen. It, um, it's, it's right up there. Because my, my lady who can, tends to be very squeamish on things, she's like, I'm not watching the show with you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> she mm-hmm. was straight up, I'm not watching this. Yeah. And I'm like, but she ended up watching because she actually enjoyed the show. But when some of the like it is animated violence that I have not seen before at this level, but even for grown ass men, mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's times where I'm just like, ooh, ooh, like, and it's like hard to watch. Actually, it's kind of yeah, it, it's hard to watch at times. Yeah, and it's interesting too because like you know something you think about Harley Quinn on HBO Max, that's obviously pretty violent, but it's all pretty tongue in cheek and like whatever. And mm. this is this is not that. And then I saw the second episode, and we started getting into characters like Robot, and I think the the demon detective's name is Damien Darkblood, and I was like, oh, I'm into this. Like, I, I'm into it. Like, I'm into it. Like, I like this. Yeah. The, the the Guardians, or not the, they become the Guardians of the Globe, but the teen team. And that stuff, that part of the world, like, I, I really got invested. Of course, the cast is 
insane on the like Amazing. J.K. Simmons, Stephen Yoon, Sandra Oh, uh, 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 um, it's Marshall Ali. Ali is like is like oh hey Seth Rogen's in there you know and you have to it was kind of fun to I I did casually look at the cast before and I'm like oh it's a lot of Walking Dead people right mm-hmm. but then as I kept on listening I'm like wait who's yeah. that I'm like is that this and you look it up and it's an all star I don't know if we've seen also as jam packed of a celebrity cast in an animated series like this that i can recall yeah absolutely yeah. like and it's jason manzoukas yeah. and like literally oh you could God. just go, go on and on and on and on and um uh, alan alien that was the other one that, that's the other character that appears in episode two that i'm like i'm into what this is doing i am a fan of this um and so like you we're now at the we're talking about essentially the the season finale that's it's been announced it's getting two more seasons good for everybody involved in that show and so i I guess actually i was gonna say light spoilers it's gonna be spoilers you haven't seen invincible skip ahead a little bit um you know (laughs) and of course there's some like like the episode where he goes to mars wasn't like my favorite uh and but but overall like i I was enjoying what i was doing and and talking about the finale i i i like the finale but there is a moment, for those that don't know, turns out uh, Invincible, the, our protagonist, his dad, Omni-Man, is, is the Superman analog of this world, but is evil. Ooh, shocker. They've never done that before. Evil Superman. Oh, oh my I've never goodness. seen it. Um, but anyway. It's amazing. He, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's bad. Um, and and they, they really want to drive home how bad he is. And part of that is really casually dismissing his family which actually hit me more than a lot of the Mm. violence aspect but the but the violence aspect of it is so the 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 imagery it evokes is so traumatic but it still has that kind of like 13 year old in the corner trying to imagine how fucked up he can that energy like that energy of like how fucked up can we make this which made me feel uneasy and not in the way that i think the show intended i think what the show is shooting for is look how d- drastic and almost like a homelander similar feelings i have when i watch the boys and I, homelander how scary somebody of this power is but it it, you almost get the sense like the creators are like getting off on how messed up they can make it, and that it's like don't do that. Like I don't not you know for what, the, not for what, what what got me the metro scene, the scene with the train, and then the the woman with the kid, and I'm like, and then the arm, oof. and I'm like, I don't I don't like what you're I don't like what you're doing in a way that is you don't want me to like what's happening. I don't like what you're doing, <laughs> and there's mm. a, and there's a difference, and I don't even though I like the show. And I overall like the finale that made me uncomfortable. What did you think? Well, it kind of, there's only one other, <clears throat> there's only one other moment in television, whether animated or not, that kind of pushed me over the edge to be like, mm, I'm done with this series. And quite honestly, it was actually Robert Kirkman's walking dead <laughs> when they spilled Glenn's guts out of his head. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, not only was he a beloved character, I was like, Oh, that's too much for me. That, mm-hmm. that that was a point where I actually, quite honestly, I stopped watching the series. It was just too much. I'm like, did we really, really have to go like that? Yeah. Um, it wasn't because I was mad that they killed the Asian dude off. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's not that's. Not well, and listen, like, it's you know? it, things have worked out for <laughs> Stephen Yoon. He he is doing oh, yeah. fine. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's doing great. And yeah. obviously, the voice of Mark Grayson in yes. this um, animated series. So, if they had done this for whatever reason, right? The an- animation does give you liberties to play and push things that for whatever reason can feel not as real. Cause if they did this in a uh, walking dead style, I probably would have thrown up. 
right? Yeah. Like I really would have, right? But the fact that they did it animated, even though it shocked the crap out of me and made me go like, oh, like this is so much, it still didn't stop me from watching, right? Mm-hmm. And so to your point, I think, yes, someone is might be getting off a little bit on this, but it it did serve its purpose from a story standpoint. I just don't know if they had to hit us in the face with it, literally. Mm-hmm. Metro, woman's arm with kid, mm-hmm. uh, Steven Young's face getting destroyed, destroyed, which though then leads us to the human moments. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if they had to do it that much. And I know the comic is actually pretty crazy bloody too, yeah. but I'm still rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to I'm see still... season two and season three. I do kind of hope, you know, this coming so close off of like, uh, Captain America and, Civil, uh, and, and the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, excuse me, both. Uh, You're uh, right on all accounts. I'm right, right on all accounts. You got, uh, you got the cred. You got the cred. Don't even, don't even trip. <laughs> if, if Falcon and Winter Soldier or future Marvel stuff does a, a, a light, low key kind of like redemption angle with U.S. Agent, I'm fine with that. I'm good with it. Like I, I, there's problems there, but li- listen, I, I was kind of on, on, I'm, I was kind of with it with Zemo in that show. So it's like, listen, at this point, oh, yeah, I'm good to go. I don't do that with Omni Man. After this, don't. After that scene, you can't be like, "Well, Omni Man is his." Da- I don't. Ca- I don't care. He need mm-hmm. the, the show needs to be like, "No, he's he's bad," and he can maybe mm-hmm. do good things later. But we can't let him off the hook for any of this. <laughs> no, no. I it'll be it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I, I'm more curious. You know, they don't. From what I recall, Amazon doesn't typically release viewing numbers yeah. right i mean the only thing you can really tell by how popular a show is is if you look at the rating and the number of people that actually rated it that gives you a sense of where it plays within kind of like when you're on amazon prime mm-hmm. um that gives you an idea of like okay in comparison to other pieces that they've put out um how many people are actually watching it and then actually rating it i wouldn't be surprised if you know and i'm i'm loving the fact that it's game season two and season three but i wouldn't be surprised if some people that went into this are completely like, I'm not touching that ever again. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a pretty polarizing type show from a standpoint of visually. Yeah. And I just don't think people, you know, I mean, maybe I th- over, I'm overthinking this, but with people being in the pandemic, I think people are looking for bright, a little bit of more brightness yeah. than darkness right now to lift them up. And so whether that's on purpose or subconsciously, so I'm just curious, like where, where does it stand compared to some of its other shows? I don't know. Yeah, and also like the but you know where does the budget of something like this stack up against something like the boys? Is it cheaper? Because that's something I could never mm. figure out. Is it cheaper or more or or is it less or more expensive to make an animated show? Like I because I want to say Ca- cast animation. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, who boys effects. The, right? the boy the effects on the boys are really good. Like they're shockingly good <laughs> for that's like a, for like a TV show. But yeah, and, and I'm all on board with uh, give me more Alan. Um, mm. I, I would say more robot, but if I'm, if I would level one more nitpick against this season is teenage robots voice definitely sounds like a 30 year old man pitching his voice a little bit higher to sound like a, a, a young boy. And so do, please, do we know who the voice is? Do I, we know wanna, I think it's is? Jason Manzuk because it's, it's a clone of him essentially, right? For people yeah, yeah. who don't know robot, <laughs> robot is a robot, except we find out that I, he, he is, or was a person that is dealing with some physical ailments and he gets a new body cloned based off Rexplode, who's voiced by Jason Manzoukas. So I think this new younger clone mm-hmm. body is supposed to be Jason Manzoukas trying to do a third channel voice. And it does not, it does not work for me. I do not yeah, like it. Yeah, so let's yeah. figure something else out there, please for season two. 
And let's bring back Damien Darkblood. I know he doesn't really have a mystery to solve right now, but I the, the idea uh, of like Hellboy, but also Constantine, way on board with that concept. Detec- Detective Hellboy, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's a good, that's a great combination and uh, analogy. I love it. Uh, is there any? Are there any characters? Oh, and also, I, I even though he's one episode, I think the character's name is Titan. The, the character voiced by Mahershala Ali, the 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 kind of uses mark to become like a crime kingpin oh. i'm i'm a fan of like crime stories and stuff like that so it's like whatever he's doing i'm on board with well what, what happened at the ending of season one is there's so many pieces on the board right now yeah that that you know they can go in a lot of different directions based on where the comics are at so i think that 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 made it like okay it's not just dad versus son and this moral dilemma we've got a lot of other things that are kind of cooking and brewing so um that's that's also why I kind of like really. I, I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah, and also, the- but um, overall, I'm not trying to think. You know, I I think it was cool how they made Amber a more integral part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of. They've done a lot of different things that are cool, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no honestly. I'm not too nitpicky about it. I'm just kind of enjoying the ride. Sometimes there's times where like we're gonna break down Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. but. Um, <laughs> You know, you can analyze things sometimes. I don't know about you. Sometimes there's certain things that I choose not to analyze just to enjoy it. And sometimes I do analyze it and I do it so much that I can't enjoy it. I don't know. It just yeah. maybe depends on what I ate for the morning. I don't know. I, and that's something I've been trying to figure out for myself um, less about like, like just how is the current situation we're in affecting Totally. My viewing habits and my perception of of what we're watching. Like, would I be more open to certain things if I'd seen it in a theater as opposed to seeing it at home? Mm. Like, all that stuff. And I think that's a really good segue into our main topic for today, which is the Mortal Kombat movie. So, um, Roxy and I were intending to cover it last week, but we could not because we did not get screeners. And now with the response of critics to this movie... I think I know why they were being cagey with those. So, um, but the good news is you're here to discuss it with me. So I'm very excited to discuss it with you. And we're, first, we're going to give our, even though it's been out for a week on HBO Max, let's give our spoiler, brief spoiler free thoughts. And uh, before we do that, I'll give the internet's brief spoiler free thoughts. On Rotten Tomatoes right now, the critics' consensus is 55%. Audience consensus is 87%. It's, it's, it's one of those movies. <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, and the, the <laughs> consensus is uh, largely for fans of the source material, but far from fatality flawed, Mortal Kombat revives the franchise in, appropriately, in, a, in an appropriately violent fashion. The audience response is the acting is spotty and the storytelling is a bit rushed, but if you can turn your brain off for a while, Mortal Kombat delivers plenty of graphic violence and intense fight scenes for fans of the video game series. So that's where we sit with Rotten Tomatoes. What are what are you th- spoiler free? What are your spoiler free thoughts on the movie? Well, that that Ron's Tomato uh, kind of brief synopsis definitely sounds like a 55 score to me <laughs> like <laughs> turn off your brain enjoy the violence yeah there you go guys you know spoiler free uh is this a spoiler no it's not i don't think it is okay i'll, I'll let you know it. i'll let you know <laughs> it's hard for me to watch a movie about mortal Kombat, even if it they have liberty with the adaptation that doesn't have the actual mortal Kombat tournament in it i feel like i was <laughs> yeah. tricked into believing this was going to be a movie about Mortal Kombat when it was more like, uh, what's the best? A character select screen. Mm-hmm. This was the character select screen in a movie that took, so, you know, really was like, oh, all you fans, we're going to throw you like these 
accurate fatalities and fun violence. And you're like, damn, that's cool. But the ugh, come mm-hmm. on, guys, I'm trying not to be spoilery since we're not spoilery, but yeah. I think it lacked um, some gravitas. I'm not here to criticize actors who can act better than me. But as a fan, I'm not here to crap on them. But yeah. the acting left needed to be needed to give me a little more oomph and substance, especially. And I'm not one of those people like, oh, the 90s were the greatest. But actually, the Mortal Kombat movie in the in 95 did a lot really well with the visuals and effects that they had at the time. So the acting performances and um, the characters were, were actually done really well. And I think for me, playing the video game, Mortal Kombat is known as having one of the best, or not even one of the best. It is the best story mode in any fighting video game mm-hmm. and rivals story modes in a lot of games. The voice acting is amazing. It's on point. It's tongue in cheek. It's campy. It's serious. It's violent. It's dramatic. The movie did not live up to the story mode from the video game. Yeah. And so that's where as a viewer, as a, a deep, fan of the franchise from a young person till a less young person (laughs) (laughs) it that that's where the disconnect was for me so real quick before i go into my thoughts we were talking a little bit about this before we went on air those don't know no talk a little bit about your mortal combat bona fides you like you have the arcade machine okay this you know i don't like to make this about me (laughs) but i guess i will since you asked me please um you know a lot of us found came across Mortal Kombat in the arcades and were like, what the hell is this? Street Fighter 2 was all the rage. All of a sudden, there's blood on an arcade machine. And then there are all these secrets and moves and fatalities. I mean, how could you not be captivated by some dude that knew the fatality telling you the secret mm-hmm. and then you actually trying it out and happening in person? So I was hooked by that, right? More lifelike digitized graphics. But um, in college, I had, Ray, you know, you save money doing odd jobs, I didn't have a real allowance or anything like that. I wasn't one of those kids, but you get like Chinese New Year money, Christmas Mm -hmm. money, birthday money, start collecting this little pot um, and then doing a few odd jobs. And I had collected at the time $500 and I was deciding on whether I should put it to something useful long term or should I buy this mint nine out of 10 mint condition Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine from Odesso that the dude would drive to my apartment um, for 500 bucks. So you know what I did? I bought the damn arcade machine and I still have it. It's unfortunately it's at my parents' house right now, sitting in a room. It works completely fine. It is in pristine condition. I was even surprised. And, uh, that's how deep my love for this franchise goes. You know, I've been fortunate enough to tour another uh, realm studios, uh, you know, meet the crew behind the scenes. Um, but it's, I've loved this game from day one. Yeah. So, it's it's you know I have a deep connection to it. That's amazing, and also like five hundred for the arcade. That's a steal. That's I what just, I'm saying. I was just reading an article today about what Pokemon cards are going for right now. Like, man, that's a, for a mint arcade <laughs> machine. You're doing great, dude. It, that's what I'm saying. It was a de- it was a steal. Like once the thing was delivered, the guy drove it, wheeled it up, and I was like, this thing's more than five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a steal. Yeah, and five hundred bucks. That's a lot of money for a college kid. Yes, it is. Yes. A lot of money for you can do a lot with 500 as a college kid, but um you know, I wasn't a partier, partier, so my 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 food did, my money didn't go to food and booze. It went to just a Mortal Kombat 2 arcade. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a responsible decision. I think I think as a college <laughs> kid you could have spent it in a lot more more negative ways. I I don't know how your parents felt, but I 
uh, support that decision. I'm Thanks, Dad. It's, it's working out for you. Like for those, if you can't, you know, if you're just listening to the show, you can't see behind. But he literally has the Sub Zero and Scorpion masks behind him. Like it's uh, that decision. I think has worked out. It's paid off. Okay, <laughs> let me be really nerdy. The Scorpion bust is from the collector's edition of Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. The Sub Zero bust was a gift from friends at Nether Realm. It's only found in the UK edition limited bundle so you can't get that scorpion bust anywhere in the u.s i don't even know if you can get it online so it's it's actually pretty pretty rare it's you know how it's geeks like to have our little collectible that like no one has or whatever is super rare but so you know most people have the scorpion they won't have the sub-zero that's fact, amazing I don't, I don't know anyone that does suck it suck it internet <laughs> you can't get that Sub-Zero. love it love love me internet <laughs> so for me i had to come into it late because i grew up in a more conservative household so the i my exposure to, to mortal Kombat was mostly through through friends who had it mm. and um and of course it's like the forbidden fruit like oh man it totally and, is and then i remembered like I, I remember specifically now i know the character is ermac but when i saw the red ninja character i was like oh my god there's a red one holy shit <laughs> Uh, and so it wasn't until college <laughs> that I was finally able to like, and, and actually mostly once I, I moved out here, I want to say that's when Mortal Kombat 9 came out, which is actually a great uh, segue into the franchise because it's it's a it's a soft reboot, I think is a the way. Reboot. Yeah, it was yeah. a great, and it was a great one. It was a great yeah. one. It, it reinvigorated the franchise. Yeah, and so it was like, and of course immediately fell in love with it because you, like you said, not only is it does it have fun cool exciting characters but the story is interesting it's like the the way i would describe it is it's the, the plot essentially at least at the beginning with the tournament itself it, it's blood sport but with magic it's like mm-hmm. blood sport but also lord of the rings a little bit and that's such an easy for me that's such a simple especially if you're trying to adapt in a movie that's so simple you just look at blood sport you say like where it's magic now and they're they're fighting for, that's it that's all you need to do. You, you maybe take 30 minutes to like have a character discover what you're doing and then do the tournament and fill in character stories as you go. <laughs> and this this movie, spoiler free thoughts, somehow found a way to make things more complicated but also dumber at the same time. <laughs> like it it didn't like we spent we spent a lot of time with Cole Young, who I I also can't imagine the logic between okay, we're looking at a game franchise with over dozens dozens of characters many to pick one and right off the bat who are some of the most popular ones that you could choose to center your franchise around scorpion he's obviously the most popular he's on all the box art and everything uh um luke kang who who is the protagonist of if there is a protagonist mortal Kombat, it's luke kang or if you want to do a lot i mean you could do you could do johnny cage i i'm not a huge johnny cage fan uh, you know but like if you're if the studio careful like, careful what you say around <laughs> me about johnny cage dj be careful and you, tread, tread lightly here. and listen even lewis tan could be johnny K, whatever it, but decide like nope we're gonna do a new one and we spend so much tr- time trying to like figure out who cole young is and the, i don't know about you but the whole time i was watching the movie i'm like i don't care i don't care about cole young i want to see scorpion and i want to see these i want to see and then you see Liu kang you see Liu kang and you see, you see Liu kang with his shirt off and you're like why wasn't this your main guy like why didn't you saw this was he, badass yeah like Ludi Lin, like you know, I, I like a lot of people had mixed feelings about the Power Rangers movie, but Ludi Lin's good in it. You have him; he was good in that. I don't remember the name of the episode, but he was good in that Black Mirror episode where they're like him, Anthony Mackie. And, I haven't seen it. Yeah, well, there's a, <laughs> so there's an episode of Black Mirror where these two guys—it's Anthony Mackie and um, the actor that plays Black Panther. 
or no, excuse me, Black Manta, excuse me, from Aquaman. And it was Dr. Manhattan and whatever. And uh, the Watchmen show. And they get transported into these game characters. And uh, like they, like it's a game where your consciousness goes in there. And then they start having sex as the characters. It's weird. It's, it, it, it goes off the rails, I feel like. But Ludi Lin plays one of the. That doesn't of, sound like it at all. <laughs> Ludi Lin <laughs> plays one of the, the fighting avatars. Um, and he's, he's good in that. And it's like, and that, you didn't. How did you not make Ludi Lin as Luke Kang your guy? Why was he not your guy? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anyway. I thought his acting was on point. I mean, how far are we going into spoiler territory here? We're, are we trying to stay away from it completely? So or are we I, trying to creep into it? I, I, think, I think it's fair to say spoiler-free feelings are mixed between the two. Actually, my feelings aren't mixed. I it, I love this franchise. I, I feel like there are things I did like about this movie. I didn't enjoy the movie, and it, it bums me out. It bums me out. But let's go into spoilers. Let's let's get in. Let's get into your spoiler thoughts, everybody. If you haven't seen the movie, I don't know honestly what we would be spoiling. But this is it. This is what we're spoiling. <laughs> Cole Young gets gold armor with the Mortal Kombat logo. Oh shit! It's what all the kids wanted. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I wasn't asking for it, but someone someone was some someone was absolutely asking for it. Look, uh, right before we go to spoiler territory as a movie viewer, it was hard for me to watch mm-hmm. um, if I really was like, does it keep my attention as someone who loves the Mortal Kombat franchise deeply? And I'm not the one of those people that holds on to it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. But as someone who loves the franchise, it was also hard to watch. <laughs> um, there were moments that made me go, yeah, that was fucking cool. And. There were moments that were like, oh, they did that right, but they were far and few between than actually being consistently feeling like I really enjoyed this. Quite honestly, the intro of the movie, in my opinion, was one of the best fights, you know, um, and that kind of sets the bar. But that bar is never met after that original fight with um, Hanzo and Bihan, the human versions of the ninjas, Sub-Zero and Scorpion, I don't know if they do meet up again and it's a fun fight, but I don't know. I felt like that first fight might've been the best fight choreography wise. Yeah. And you're right too. I agree completely. And it's, it is a bummer. Cause it's like, if your first scene's your best scene, whoops, <laughs> like, like you, you, like, shouldn't you? And I don't know about you. So we're going into spoilers and that's the one thing that, you know, they build like Joe Taslam plays sub zero. If anybody who's seen the raid, anybody who's watched warrior, anybody who's seen Joe Taslam in anything, like you're like okay, so we're getting people that 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 know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and like you, it's like the first one is the best fight, and then it never quite, and then you get to the whole movie, the whole you know the whole thing, and then finally Scorpion comes out, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I've been having a hard time with this movie, but now we're gonna get Scorpion versus Sub Zero, and then Cole Young is like, I'm here too, and I'm like, get uh. out of here, Scorpion <laughs> doesn't need your assist, man, get. Out of here! I want to see Scorpion kick Sub Zero's ass. I don't need him. Seriously, to have, it's like if it's like if Godzilla and Kong suddenly Godzuki came up and was like, "Don't worry, Dad, I got this." And like, no, get, get the fuck out of here! I don't need this. Uh, this is so true. Yeah. So I will tell you this. Um, I can tell you the moment I was having trouble, but I can tell you the moment where I'm like, 
I, I was done. I could tell you the moment where I, I had to tap out. And it, it begins with Kano, just his, uh, the eye laser just existing. Like he just gets the eye laser. It's like, okay. And he then, manifested his Kana, his inner energy, DJ. But why weren't was it? you? It was unlocked by his rage thanks to Kung Lao. Come on, you had to have totally bought into that. <laughs> but why is it the one eye? Why is it just the one eye? Because in the games, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's because he's the cyborg. He's a cyborg. And so that's why he gets he the has laser. part of his. Yeah, he has part of his face basically replaced the Black Dragon clan. Yeah. You know, he has a metal implanted laser eye. And then uh, Jax just uh grows just grows full-on cyborg arms he just grow, he just grows his uh, cyborg arms and it's his kana as well i don't think you were sold on the kana DJ. i you know it, well when they first introduced it i was like okay because we, I, sure maybe we feel the need to explain why <laughs> Liu kang can do fire stuff fine but then when they started trying to explain the cybernetics like i get that you might be like oof magic and cybernetics like are we going to explain but like people have prosthetic limbs and then even if that was the even after even if some exec was like Oof, no see so he, he read you know save the cat once and he was like we can only get one uh, high concept thing in this movie and cybernetics ain't it uh, then, but then cabal's speeding around and he says like oh i'm in this uh he basically admits to being a cyborg and it's like but we, <laughs> we went through all the trouble of not explaining kano and Jax's cybernetics but then cabal is just like yep i'm a robot basically and it's like what's going on look isn't it already problematic when it's a tattoo that that it that tells you you're a chosen one? Like this whole thing, like, ooh, you got a marking. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I got a marking, buddy. Ooh, we're both in this tournament. Oh, but if you kill someone with the marking, then you can get the marking. Oh, okay, now I got the marking. It's mm-hmm. like, really? Yeah. The the 95 movie was just like, you're all badass warriors of this world. Let's go fight and figure this shit out. Yeah. It wasn't mystery tattoo oh that that was lame then and maybe maybe okay maybe i thought the whole marking the dragon logo with the way they initially set it up was like okay scorpion or um hanzo has it and it's you know transferred through the bloodlines i thought that cole was a direct descendant i would have thought in a weird way it would have been cooler if cole manifested scorpion and became him instead of it being like Oh yeah, you're like you have it now. Here's your cool armor with these fighting, uh, like I don't know, s- forearm stick blades mm-hmm. that no one cares about. Yeah. Um, and y- you all of a sudden you couldn't beat a scrub in MMA, but you can take out Goro. Okay, sure. Like, yeah, and it was interesting cool. too. Like I, I needed to like I needed a palate cleanser a couple days after, so I'd never seen. Have you ever <laughs> seen the animated movie Scorpion's Revenge? No, I've seen like the first maybe ah, forty minutes of it, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's 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 not like perfect narratively, but like it's it's really enjoyable. And I thought the way they handled Goro in that was was really smart. But anyway, yeah, I was with you. I kind of <laughs> thought because I think we all kind of assumed like with the way the trailer was cut, it's like okay, because we're trying to figure out who who the fuck is Cole Young. Like, what are we doing with this? And so we all kind of assumed like oh, maybe related to Scorpion. And then they release that first seven minutes, and the, the baby gets hidden. The thing, it's like oh, he's one hundred percent a de- descendant of Scorpion. And I was yeah, like yeah. you, it's like okay, we're trying to give, we're trying to make Scorpion more because Scorpion's my guy. He's my favorite. Like I, I just told you the classic, yeah, you know, the story about like me seeing Ermac and I like, I really actually like playing Ermac a lot, but like, as I got more into it, it's like Scorpion's my guy. And so I was like, okay, maybe, but, but he's not like necessarily, 
it'd be hard to build a franchise around somebody whose most famous look is his face hidden all the time. And so it's like, okay, so maybe we want somebody predator. We want somebody that looks like Lewis Tan to be our scorpion. So I, fine, that's fine. But then we don't, I, I, I don't know. A friend told me this. I don't know if it was his point or somebody else was like, but you know, when they have those like create a create character in fighting games, like you create a character mm-hmm. and it's always like kind of lame. That's, that's who Cold Young feels like. He's like a creative character that they didn't really finish. Like, and that, but then he, they keep, shots fired. Like you said, like he takes out Goro, he's helping Scorpion at the end. And it's like, what? Wow. He, the, pro, the problem, look, I'm not here to beat up on Lewis Tan. I just don't think he was, uh, he had the acting chops to carry this movie as the lead role. I, I didn't believe a lot of that stuff. I, I think even when you talk about the, the performances of the characters, one great thing that I, you know, I went back and watched the 95 movie after watching this just to be like, was I tricking myself in believing that the 95 movie was really good? It actually did a lot of really good things, but even just something from uh, Shang Tsung's performance from Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, mm-hmm. he had gravitas. He felt like a badass, a bad guy, an emperor, a sorcerer, Chin Han, who's um, people might recognize as uh, in um Batman the Dark Knight as the Asian banker who kind of like whittled yeah. away. Um, he was Shang Tsung and he was not as convincing and did not have the gravitas as your big bad that and the person who was kind of manipulating the board of, you know, for the bad guys. I so that that also was like, mm, I just, you know, when your top dogs can't really kind of bring it the way that you'd hope to, it takes away a lot of I didn't feel like there was as much mythology here because the performances just weren't just didn't give me that feeling like, okay, there's some depth here. Yeah. And, and I'm listen, sorry, guys. I'm just being real. And, Sonya's acting was not very good either. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like you said, we're not trying to, to beat up on Louis Tan because we literally could not. He would, he would hurt that, that Louis Tan, he would, he would, in yes, the real he legitimately world, would kick our ass. Yeah, he would legitimately kick our ass. He's, he's a, a, a talented martial artist. Yeah. So that actually goes to one of the questions we have from the Discord, STS 2884. Would you be willing to see this continue as a franchise? Hmm. Okay, like this, so this not not like a reboot five years from now, like this version of it. Well, you know, they showed me the character select screen. They're teasing me with one of my favorite characters of all time, Johnny Cage. I don't like how this was basically just a setup for the, in a way, for the actual movie. Yeah, and so this is really to me. There, they knew that fans of this franchise are going to watch it and love it. The Rotten Tomatoes score reflects that. The audience score directly reflects that exactly. You know, and so if that was what they were trying to accomplish, they did that. And as a fan, I will give it another. T- I will watch one more version of it. I think even like Joe Taslin said he's signed on for like potentially four more movies if it goes that far. Jeez. I'm serious. It- <laughs> Not as serious as Noob Saibot, I would assume. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, right? Who knows? But um, very good. Very good knowledge, my friend. Thank you. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it one more go. And I don't know if it's going to turn around, but I'll give it a try. I, I'm going to keep an open mind, but only because I'm such a hardcore fan. But it, it's, it's a little hard for me to watch this. I, I, don't even know, I don't even know if I'd watch it a second time yeah. on, like, voluntarily. I don't know. 
Well, and when we're talking about just on the subject of HBO Max, it's you know when when Godzilla vs Kong came out, everybody was like, yeah, mm. I really enjoyed it, but you know, it just it just nailed the fights, and it's like it, that feels like faint praise. But then you see a movie like this, it's like yeah, that's all you kind of needed to do though. Like you know what I mean? Like Godzilla vs Kong, it at least nailed the fights. Like it nailed the fights. I think I would be okay with this continuing I, if, and I don't know if the people involved would be willing to do this, you have to kill off Cole Young in the first 10 minutes of the new <laughs> one. He has to be your first fatality. Wow. Yeah, because not only not only does that like, because we're here for the fatalities, they took out Liu Kang and this one. And oh, Kung Lao. They took out Kung Lao. Kung Lao, Kung Lao excuse me. Yeah, Liu Kang is not, yeah. Who was... One of the best performances of the movie, quite honestly. Well, he didn't have to do much heavy lifting, and it's but so, he was damn good. It's so frustrating, too, because they, they kind of hint at this rivalry between Liu Kang and Kung Lao, how uh, Kung Lao is the better one. And it's like, this is your movie. This is your movie. Like, Liu Kang is like... The Shaolin monks, dude. Yeah, the I was Shaolin an, monks. I was an orphan, and then they found... It's like, whoa, whoa, this is this is, this is is it. Like, I don't, why are we spending time with uh, Cole Young when we could have, like, Liu Kang Bro. on the streets finds out he's just a little scrub finds out he's actually one of the greatest fighters in the world like that's i'm in for that movie so i'm sold my i mean that that's that's the move that should have been the movie there there was a video game series called shaolin monks that was literally those two dudes fighting side by side kicking ass they had it there but you know kung lao was one of the uh fatalities yeah <laughs> who was who was given a proper fatality from shang Tsung, by the way um I, I do want to not feel like I completely hated this movie. I did. I did feel they accomplished a couple things. The fight scenes were actually memorable from a standpoint of they used different settings yeah. and yeah, you know, they, they, they did different things. It didn't feel like it was the same fight all the time. The bad, the best fatality of the movie, in my humble opinion, was Kung Lao versus Natara, who is this vampire um, type character who, when I saw her on the roster, I'm like, she's dying mm-hmm. because she's not a major character. She dead. Like right when I saw him, I'm like dead. Mm-hmm. But you know, she's flying at Kung Lao. He basically like grabs her, glides her, and then throws his hat, does the little buzzsaw from I believe was that MK10 or MK9? It might have been nine. And she just goes right through it, slides in half, sees all her guts, just like the game. And that felt satisfying. <laughs> yeah. I did see like people I was on- like, yeah. I did see people online be like, man, they did Natara Dury. I'm like, are the big Natara fans out there? Like, I don't even remember. I don't like even know what game she's yeah. in. Like, <laughs> I think it was Deadly Alliance. I think it was Deadly Alliance. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. Where there was that? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So the that I think you're right. I think that was the the best uh, fatality. I did like seeing Scorpion do the flaming skull thing. Um, what do you think of Kano the actor? I mean, I thought he brought some levity. I thought he did a pretty good job. Not the best job, but I, I thought his role actually, he served his purpose. Like, he actually made me laugh a few times. I, I've got to be honest with you. Um, I'm glad you brought this up because Kano is easily my least favorite Mortal Kombat character. I do not like fighting him in the game, in the story mode. I do, I do not like his character. And I walked away from this movie with Kano as my favorite character in the movie. Mm. And I was like, that's not a good sign for this movie. Because, because I think, but I think you're right. Like, it's like, he was the only, he was the only part of it that was like fun. Like, hey, we're having fun here. Like, this is... Mm-hmm. We're not taking this too seriously. We're kind of just, just you know, enjoying ourselves. And so, even though the the laser eye thing was a bit was hard for me to to wrap my brain around, like at least like he was doing the bit. He was entertaining. It's like he ha- he had personality. Like I could tell you like who he was as a, as a dude. Um, 
outside of being like serious and like I need to fight. So actually, yeah, I think Kano was probably my standout character, um, yeah. which again is a bummer. Um, but yeah, if we were to if we were to continue it, I think like yeah, take out Cole Young because then it's you know people want the fatalities. Give get like have Johnny Cage fatality. I don't know. Like just just like right offs be like, ooh, we're serious. And also, ah, let's be honest, Cole Young didn't really work. So let's just get him out of here. Introduce Johnny Cage. You could actually do kind of a soft reboot since we didn't do the tournament in this one. It's like I love this idea. Everybody's here. We don't need to explain Jax's arms. Uh we can just (laughs) they're cybernetic. Uh Cole Young, did we kill him off or he dies off screen before the movie? And we just kind of move forward. This is is it. It's the tournament. Everybody's kind of introduced. We're down a Kung Lao and a Molina. So they're not showing up. (laughs) (laughs) Kung Lao could potentially come back in some sort of like regenerated spirit form. I he he I'm just saying they can. They look. This is a movie. Mm-hmm. Any. No one's dead. Shang Tsung yep. could revive or rebuild the recover the soul of Molina. But I really think it's a genius idea. And I'm not going to start a campaign like a hashtag like to kill Cole Young. But I mm-hmm. really feel like that is what could save the movie for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't. Have, you don't, like to your point. You don't have to introduce a new character. We've got such a literally one of the richest stories of any video game from a especially from a fighting standpoint deep histories i mean there's people that are basically like scholars on mortal Kombat history and the clans and the connections you don't you don't need to create a new person for the movie yeah you're good to go it's all right there it'd be like it, it, yeah anyway I, I was gonna come up with more examples it's like if you're making a justice league movie and like who's your main character Ooh, the wonder twins it's like oh no thank you why, why are we doing that that's the bad call um, it's a, yeah. So speaking about rich histories, let's talk about video game adaptations because this, it's, at least in our humble opinion, continues the glorious trend of video game movies not uh, doing great. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. We have a question here from Jake Hefner, and it's the multi-tiered question. So let's take this in stages. Do you think video game adaptations are turning a corner? Recent ones like Sonic the Hedgehog and Detective Pikachu were actually entertaining and people seem to like them. Do you think this trend will continue or were these movies flukes and adaptations will always be doomed? Well, I think the content, the the angle you can take with Sonic the Hedgehog and Pikachu, Detective Pikachu is lighthearted and fun. And so that, that elicits kind of a different vibe and energy and feeling to those stories whereas Mortal Kombat's you know the root of it is pretty dark yet campy Mm -hmm. and I don't think they nailed that balance in the movie right like you kind of have to at least nail the source material vibe and when you don't that's a problem um but from a standpoint of video game adaptations look I think we know that there's been a lot of back and forth with the studios with uh the Uncharted movie Delay after yeah. delay, director after director. Like, what is going on with that? And it still, I think, has another delay recently. Just, just was announced a few months ago. That that's a little problematic for me. You know, yeah. um, if I'm trying to think of what's one of the best video game franchises that has become a movie series that I felt was successful, um, hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe Tomb Raider. But I don't know for if for all the right reasons. Um, yeah. That's Maybe. a good point because we I mean, got the two Angelina Jolie movies. We're getting another one right. with, I believe it's still, what's it, Alicia Vikander? Is the, yeah, the, yes, yeah. correct, correct, correct. Yeah. And so, um, but people are still interested in that character. 
it which leads me to this point of where a lot of the times, including Mortal Kombat, the story modes are so good that you've got to at least top what they do in the game for us to, or even come close to it for us to care about the movie. And, you know, there's great games like Last of Us, Uncharted mm-hmm. series. Um, you know, you could go Mass Effect, which is still yeah. kind of like a choose your own adventure. Making a movie on those properties, you've got to really knock it out of the park. And I think that that's pretty difficult. Yeah, I really agree. I think Mass Effect is a great one because I think there was I think there was talk about doing a movie, and it's like, but well, why? You know what I mean? Because the part I like about that game is that I get to 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 chart the adventure. And if you were like, well, it's before the events of the game, ooh, then I don't care really. I don't I don't I don't really care about that. And I think Uncharted is a good example too because you know obviously we're getting the movie, but then what differentiates that? really in a substantial way from indiana jones like other than other than your lead isn't a hundred years old at this point like it's you got a younger lead also (laughs) side note nothing against tom holland if i were making an uncharted movie i think i just watched sound of metal and the person my go-to for nate drake would be riz ahmed um Mm, or 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 somebody interesting choice yeah i think a non-white actor would be good for uncharted because there is a lot of uh, he, he shoots a lot of brown people in those games, <laughs> and so I think that you—if you're making a movie, if you're making a movie, you need to reckon with, you need to deal with that kind of like what that represents. If it's brown on brown crime, at least it's a little more digestible. I mean, yeah, well, you know, when you phrase it that like that, I, it doesn't sound like I fixed the problem a lot. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you need to—I I would like to think that people making it would like think about that for a second because it is love those games, but there is a moment where you're like, man, I'm shooting a lot of pirates from this region and i don't know how i feel about this anyway uh, and you mentioned last of us we, we're getting the last of us hbo series and jake also asked about that do you think that will live up to the games or will, will it I just mean, be another zombie thing it's one of the greatest video game stories we've ever seen yeah how, how does anyone live up to that that's 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 my point right how do i get it like you want to work with this ip because it has a built-in audience well, once you put out a clunker or something that doesn't meet that standard, that audience is never coming back. Mm-hmm. So you really kind of have a one one and done shot. Now, Mortal Kombat is kind of different. It's like a fighting game that has stories that you can kind of move in different directions because these characters keep an, keep their essence. But I mean, the detail of story that you get from Last of Us and Uncharted and other games along those lines, I'd rather them not. Um, they're going to do it. I don't know. We'll see. It's it's too, To me, the bar is set too high. Like yeah. when I when I felt when when I feel like real emotions and my body's like, you know, stirring damn, I, from a video game. Yeah. <laughs> that well, take that. You got to get to another level to do that. Well, and it's interesting too, because I, you know, I, I used to work at Barnes and Noble and I made this comparison there and my coworkers at Barnes and Noble did not like this comparison, but I actually feel like there's <laughs> a lot in common between a book and a video game mm. in that with a book, a book allows you an opportunity to really get into the headspace of its protagonist where the, the, uh, in a similar way, video games, um, you know, at the time I was talking about, you know, they put you in the action. It's your actions are, are your character's actions, but they also do a good job of putting you in the headspace as well. And it's such a personal experience. Like I remember playing red dead mm. redemption and I brought this up. I, every, I think every time I talk about video games, I bring this up. <laughs> have you played, I'm, I'm, you have, know, it's new for me. Have you played? I've, I've played, I've played for you. I haven't finished it. Right, I haven't you finished it. So played Red Dead Two. No, but okay. keep talking. I don't care. Yeah, well, it's not really a spoiler, but there's a point in the game near the end where you're talking to a character you've helped, a, a nun, and she's like, you know, you're a good person, and and 
your guy's like, I'm really not. I've done a lot of bad things. And it was really impactful because I've done those things. I did that through him. When he's talking about the bad things he's done, that's Mm. me. And it was a really impactful moment of like, oh, like you start the the actions in the game, like reflecting over you. And it was just really like very emotionally, like you're talking about, like emotionally moving. You think about Last of Us 2 and the stuff that they do in that. The one thing I will give Last of Us is it's coming from Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl. And Chernobyl's mm. fantastic and tonally actually probably bleaker than the game because it really happened. Like what happened in Chernobyl really happened. Uh, but tonally they're similar. So that gives me hope that this could be a, a really well done show. I do. I am concerned that it might be just a little bit even more high pre, uh, prestige Walking Dead. Um, mm, mm. Cause again, the part of the, you, for being honest, last of us, they're zombie games. Like they're really well crafted ones, but at the end of the day, it's a zombie story. Um, last part of this question from Jake Hefner. Uh, fun one here. Thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie. Is it a bad movie that's still fun or just a cinematic turd? Now, I, I have feelings on this. I want to know your thoughts on it. Well, you know what? You, you're going to have, you, you might, I might lose some credit here, but I've never actually decided to watch it yet. Well, I've never seen it. Let me try and sell you on it. Is it a good <laughs> Super Mario Brothers movie? No, it is not. <laughs> if you go at it as Blade Runner for kids, I think there's merit in it. I actually, I actually will defend the Super Mario Brothers movie because it does. It takes the Mar. I think it's because it's so Gonzo weird for for what Mario is. Like when you think Mario, you think like simple for one. You think fun. You think candy colored. You think really accessible. Awesome. And yeah. this is like dark and and like gritty in the literal sense, like grimy. Like the mushrooms are gross. The fucking Koopas <laughs> gross. And so as an adaptation of that material, it does not, it does not match that material. But again, as, as something that like took like the Blade Runner aesthetic and took it to another level, it's like, I actually do think there's merit in that movie. And I, I was actually really invested. It ends on, a, on like a Back to the Future-esque cliffhanger. And I actually didn't want to see what happens. And I revisited <laughs> it not too long ago. And I'm like, you know what? I still enjoy this movie. I still like it. Bob Hoskins, rest of soul. Anyway, John Leguizamo. Anyway, I, oh. I, I will, I'll give it a sh- I would give it a shot on a rainy day in Southern California, but it never rains in Southern California as Tony, Tony, Tony has taught us. It yeah, doesn't. It so doesn't. I don't know if I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'm going to see it, but I'll take your word. Blade Runner for children makes it a little more compelling and digestible from that description. See, see, <laughs> I've seen Blade Runner plenty of times. See, so. and I'll also say I didn't love the. I actually really enjoyed Detective Pikachu. I actually thought that was a pretty, pretty fun use of the source material didn't love the song of the hedgehog movie although oh. uh due to the nostalgia when they you know those photos came around of like the like the prop stand-ins for knuckles the second i saw knuckles i'm like you sons of bitches i want to see this movie that's you- what i'm saying they, they can tap into that they they know they have these all these movie studios know that with this ip they'll they, all they have to do is just throw us a little bone mm-hmm. to the fans and you you could arguably like forgive the whole movie as long as they did that one thing like I could totally see a legion of fans say, you know what? I know Mortal Kombat wasn't the greatest, but damn, they nailed the fatalities. I'm good. Yeah. And there's a bunch of people like that. Why not? 87% audience approval. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's, I mean, that reminds me of, you know, when you said it's one of those movies, it's very uh, Zack Snyder, Justice League ish, mm-hmm. you know, lower on the critic side, but super high on the fan side. Yeah. So, I, you know, yeah. serve your audience. <laughs> yeah. Give them what they want. <laughs> Um, so we got one here from uh, Joey. He, he starts off saying, I'll ask the obvious question. Why is Mortal Kombat not only the greatest video game adaptation ever made, but also the greatest movie in cinema history? We don't need to get into that question. But aside from that, 
What do you think is the best video game adaptation? And if you could adapt one game, what would be and in what medium would you adapt it into? Well, I think this question does raise a great point. I would not because we're talking about Mortal Kombat, but if I had to really think about it based on all the movies I've seen, I would put and and also you have to know the time, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say, oh, 95 to 2021 freaking special effects Marvel. I would still I would still put the 95 Mortal Kombat movie pretty high up there, if not one of the best i I really i really feel that way you're not alone because because one i really enjoy it i haven't rewatched it recently i think it's been been at least five years since i watched it but again it it was fun (laughs) like it was it was fun it was was serious it was camp yeah it had it had the things uh and i think a lot of people i think that is is widely regarded it has highlander as raiden like what do you what do you want um you know maybe 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 like it's weird like when i was a young person i was like okay Okay, okay, uh, okay, Christopher Lambert, like, okay. <laughs> but it did, I mean, I would argue that his Raiden was actually better than the Raiden in this movie. It's, well, overall, it's, it's, a, yeah, yeah, it's a close, it's pretty close, but I would give him a little bit of the edge just because, um, his acting was a little better. And yeah. I'm saying that with a, with a, with a shaky voice. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, it's just, I, 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 I like, the casting of a non-white actor as Raiden that feels right to me. I do too. It makes sense. But he didn't get a lot to do. Like I don't. I was just watching that movie. I was just watching that movie. It's like, what's this guy's deal? Like, uh, why? Who is he? Why, who is he to these people? Why does he? I don't understand. Because uh, as somebody who's played the games and watched the other movies, I was kind of like, hey, what? What's Raiden's deal here? What? What is he doing with these guys? How is he? Raiden, Raiden's a major figure, right? They yeah. they have him talk a little bit here, but. He he really doesn't show off his power that much. Uh, he he just doesn't come off as the intimidating enforcer of Earthrealm that you would hope that he could have been. Yeah, and especially and maybe like, that's more more writing. I don't know. Yeah, and, and it would have been cool to maybe touch on any moral ambiguity with the level of power he's dealing. Whatever. So if that is the best <laughs> one, if that is what, my answer to that question, honestly, I actually think one of the best yeah, movies I've seen actually is Detective Pikachu. Because not not that that movie doesn't Ooh. have its flaws, but it is one of those like, hey, do you want to spend two hours in a world where Pokemon are just chilling in a city? It's like, oh, yes, I do, actually. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I remember being like a lot of people like, wait, we're, uh, Detective Pikachu is our Pokemon movie? And then you see it like, oh, you don't have to worry about gyms. You don't have to worry about, this is such an easy into like what's going on here that I think that works, but what, and this is one, we talked a little bit about it on air before we went on air. What would you adapt? Like what, what game do you think would, would be good to adapt? Cause like, you know, I want to think about like Grand Theft Auto, but then you're like, but mm-hmm, then it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just, what, what makes that movie different than like Goodfellas or, you know what I mean? Not that that games don't have its own energy, but, but Grand Theft Auto four is one of my all time favorite games. The story in that game is one of my favorite stories. And even then it's like, yeah, but I don't know what, I know what made that special to me. I don't know how you translate that into a movie. Well, I think two things that any video game that would be even, you know, pitched here to me has to be, has to has great world building Mm -hmm. so that it already has kind of that world building is its character yeah so in a weird way I, even though i didn't know at the time when we first started talking about this and i still think it's a very personal story i am leaning towards mass effect 
the world yeah. building in there is pretty damn impressive. It sure is. You also have really interesting dynamic characters. Um, so as we talk and as I hear what you say right now at this moment, I'm actually going to lean towards, you know, and yeah, we could say on the surface, oh, it's just another Star Wars movie. But mm-hmm. I think Mass Effect does enough different things. And that's OK. I mean, we've seen plenty of, you know, there's Star Wars and there's Star Trek and there's mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest. There's, there's plenty of space for multiple takes on this genre. But I'm going to I'm going to put my cards in right now and maybe it changes in the next five minutes into Mass Effect. I think that's a. I, I like your your explanation of that. I like your reasoning for that. Uh, I'm trying to think of one, you know, because like you said, like you, we want something that has the good story. I think world building is good because there's so many movies that are sold on. Like I enjoy Moana, but a big part of that is I like the world. I like spending time in that mm-hmm. that space, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is important. I do think there is a way to make a really good Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, totally. Um, and we just haven't. I mean, I think a lot of Street Fighter 2 um, as well. Uh, I don't, I'm not as familiar with, with Tekken, uh, but I do believe they have a fighting panda in that, that one. That might be hard to, to, to like uh, to, uh, bridge that gap. Um, what was the um, – what was it? Remember that online series? Was that, that uh, Kevin um, – I'm going to say – I don't – people are going to butcher – kill me for saying his name last name. Is it Te- – Tantron? Kevin Tantron? Yeah. I probably am pronouncing it he wrong. Did, he, he did. So, okay. Well, if we are, we both are. Good. Mm-hmm. That makes it. We're in the same group. But he did that like kind of online Mortal Kombat series he that ended up being, um, I don't know if it ended up on Machinima or whatnot, but that actually, it didn't have the best effects, but I felt that that actually captured a gritty tone of Mortal Kombat that I really liked. 100%. Like a more grounded, or grounded, realistic. And I think that's kind of, we, I felt like whether or not, you know, I'm sure he was pitched as the director and maybe they didn't feel he was right for the movie for what they were trying to accomplish. Um, but that's a tone that really worked and maybe needed more support financially for in other ways. Um, but that, that's how you do a Mortal Kombat movie if you kind of capture that energy and vibe like, without a doubt. Well, I also kind of wonder if maybe, you know, with video games, especially like sprawling video games, if adapting, um, you know, actually what a really, it's not an adaption of the game. So I was going to say Witcher, but it's adaption of the source materials and adaption of the Mm. books, not the games. But I do, I do enjoy the Witcher show. Not as much as I enjoy the games, but I enjoy the show. Mm. Um, But I I wonder even with something like Mortal Kombat, if like a show, an HBO series is the is the way to go so because there are so many characters there are so many things you can explore so many avenues you can go down and you basically then the rules kind of become the same as if you've ever watched warrior on hbo max it's like you just get one crazy fight an episode like we get one fight an episode and then the rest is you're filling out the world (laughs) you're doing the story stuff and you're doing all that um i think that could be really cool i would also like to i'm hoping that we're able to get a chance to revisit the Sonic franchise as a movie at some mm. point or a show because uh, I don't know if you were part of the scene, but I remember when I was a kid, there was a Sonic. There were actually two Sonic Saturday morning cartoons. One was not great. The other one was really good uh, ahead of its time. Uh, there was an Archie comic that was originally loosely based on the show, but then kind of became its own thing. And I think the stories there are actually really engaging and interesting. And I think there's, a, I, I, I was a Genesis kid, so I grew up with Sonic. So I think yeah, that, I'm like, a Genesis kid, man. So I think with those, like, uh, I think there's way, like part of the strength of I think Mario is is that the 
the story that's why the franchise i think has been so successful the story kind of doesn't matter it's all about the gameplay the mm-hmm. sonic games actually do have a narrative to them they have they have even the earlier games they have like us like a, a a clear structure and so i think you can do some really cool stuff with that that i would like to see them um not that i didn't not that there weren't parts that are enjoyable with the movie but it largely got rid of most of sonic's mythology so we could hang out on earth and and i'd like to i i think there's a cool way that you know maybe it's a fully animated show or movie i'd like to see that but let us know find us online i don't think there's comments for podcasts but let us know you know what if you listen to this podcast on spotify uh there we we can put questions to that so i'm going to put the question on what video game do you think deserves a movie adaptation boom that's gonna be on the show i swear to god i'm not gonna forget like i have other times don't worry it's gonna be there i swear to god dj did you actually give us your game though you said you liked the witcher series but did you actually give me a game that, that i think should be adapted into to a show yeah i, I it's, I, it's or a movie you said movie, movie. I mean, movie. show is different than movie yeah it's true that's true that's true i'm gonna say i the my go-tos are ones that we've already done just not as well as i think we can which is like mortal Kombat and sonic i think it's like well let's Go back. Wow, DJ, you you told me to come up with one, and you went with the topic of the show. That is not acceptable as a okay. first time guest. Here we go. Here we go. Here's what I think. Here's what I think uh, could be cool. I know people have pushed back on this, but I think you could do a really good Legend of Zelda movie. Oh yes. Oh, okay. That's great. That's you either great. need great world building, great yeah. characters. You yes, either need it. to accept like, hey link doesn't talk or you need to let your audiences <laughs> accept like he talks in this one this one this link talks he does see we're gonna have to he's a, he's a dude he's a character okay okay so if they made um the the zelda movie during the early 2000s would orlando bloom have played link yes 100 percent 100 percent. that's not even and, and johnny depp would have been in there somewhere doing so he would have been oh, yeah, or oh, something yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get dwayne yeah, the rock yeah. johnson to be ganon uh, since we're going on a on a Nintendo kick, um, uh, Metroid, I think you could do something really mm, cool. Yes, with as oh, well. great, great call, great call, great call. Because that's yeah, Metroid. You know, also the Nintendo franchises because they're so like kind of kid family friendly. I think those are rich and ripe. Although, like you said, Blade Runner for kids was Super Mario. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I'd go in that direction, but I do feel that they have the opportunity to put a different twist that doesn't have to be as cheery and more darker more grown up not super dark yeah. but just more mature metroid would be a great one well, that would you, be a killer one especially if you go off like the tone of, like, like metroid that. prime that kind of tone it's like i love that yeah you're in your soul i also this might be dumb but i wouldn't hate like if you started building up your nintendo movies to like a super smash brothers movie <laughs> i knew you're gonna go there i, I knew buy i saw your eyes i would buy i it. saw your eyes and i'm like you know what you don't even need much development there just do the movie and just, they did Mortal Kombat. You that brings it. me. That brings me to my real answer. I had to go through all that to come to it because who's my favorite character in Smash Brothers? It's Fox McCloud, and uh, Star Fox sixty four is one of my all time favorite Ooh. games. That was when we transitioned from a Sega household to a Nintendo household, and uh, and Star <laughs> no Fox. I, w- I give me give me Ooh. seriously give me a Star Fox something. Give me a movie. Give me a show. Uh, I think Star Fox is really cool. Uh, there was actually an animated series when I was a kid called Bucky O'Hare that had similar energy to what I think a Star Fox movie would be. But I, I, I would be there for that. Okay, see, now I put you on the spot and you came up actually with three killer picks. We didn't even like mine the Nintendo franchises. Like, isn't that interesting how our brain initially, I don't know if it's almost like we treated like the Nintendo franchise like, oh, those are 
like younger, brighter properties that aren't movie movie ready. And then as we kept on talking, those those would be the great the best movie adaptations. Yeah. And you have a lot more liberty to play with them to, to give the audience something different. That's the thing, right? You got Last of Us and Uncharted. Those movies, those uh, franchises are so defined with those characters. Yeah. Um, from a, from a more I guess realistic human dilemma perspective. Whereas with the Nintendo franchises, they do dig into that, but I think you can go in a lot of different directions. Ooh, I, yeah. I'm loving all those picks, man. Yeah, I think Ooh. you're 100% right because, like, especially if you go to, I think of those, Legend of Zelda or maybe Metroid has the more, it's they're more story driven, but even then, it's it's loose enough that, like, listen, if you have Link, if you have Ganon, if you have the Master Sword, if you have Hyrule and Zelda, you're kind of good to go. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, you can even set it in another era. Those games jump around in time so much, you can kind of, like, this is an era we haven't talked about before. But, Again, since we're both Genesis kids, I want to throw this one out there. Oh, okay. Here we Vector go. Man. I would like to, if anybody played Vector Man, um, I got a lot of love for the Vector Man franchise. Basically, it's basically Wally if he could uh, shoot. Uh, the humans abandoned Earth, Vector Man's left behind Dude. to clean it up. And one of the other robots left behind to clean stuff up, his head gets replaced with a warhead and he becomes the bad guy of the franchise. Okay. And it's like, hey, Wally, Wally, but with action? I'm in. Okay. Okay. So now since we're mining Genesis franchises at the at a brief moment, um, you could definitely do a Shinobi movie, mm-hmm. but it would just end up being like a ninja movie. Yeah. Okay. If you really want to take a risk there, which movie studios do not want to take a risk on, they do not. Um, they do I'm going to suggest a horrible idea for them. Echo the Dolphin, the movie. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my! A goodness. horrible idea that could still work. Maybe. Uh, can, maybe. <laughs> can I be honest with you? I don't think I. I played it, but I was never any good at it. Like I couldn't figure. I didn't know what the game wanted me to do. I didn't. I couldn't figure it out. Like you had to swim and break through barriers, DJ. <laughs> oh yeah, I was bad at it. Whatever that game wanted me to do, I was. I was bad at it. Uh, this brings me to another a good a good adaptation is the um uh, the Castlevania anime series mm. on netflix is really good real good real good real yeah. great and see that's the thing now these days I, I don't think it's appropriate to think about all these you know and you made a point earlier and i kind of pushed you back towards no you said movie but the medium is different now where it's not about a movie i think that we look at the formula of k dramas which spend an hour and a half just mining the character nuances and, and these are series that are 10, 13 episodes, an hour and a half each. It shows that when done properly, it doesn't have to be a movie. It doesn't have to be a TV show. It doesn't have, it can be a K-drama. It could be any of those things. It's just more the storytelling has to be done justice. And whatever medium does that the right way, then it's going to work. Yeah. Of course, you also have to have a good writer. You have mm-hmm. to have a good director. Um, that's kind of important, too. And yeah. good actors. Mm-hmm. But that's why this stuff is so hard, right? That's why we, it's fun to be a critic of this stuff. But at the end of the day, there's so many moving parts that in a weird way kind of have to work together perfectly for even the message and the tone that they they want to accomplish to come across. And then it's just up for us to decide if we we want to buy or sell it. Absolutely. And I think that's another great example because, you know, people talk about the video game movies like turning the corner similar to the way comic book movies have. And it does help you appreciate like I, I there I think. There's so many Marvel movies at this point that are part of that cinematic universe that, like, you know, I some of them I'm more critical of than others, you know what I mean? Because they're varying quality. But then you just the the overall consistency, though, even for the ones that aren't as good as the others, it is the crazy what they've been able to accomplish with that. When like we struggle with like one Mortal Kombat movie, like exactly, yeah. right? 
And I think part of it it's, is taking the source material seriously. Not that it needs to be serious, but like, you know, like at the end of the day, yes, I've got this brand, but I also need to make a pe- movie people actually want to watch. I can't just throw in catchphrases and call it a day. Well, the, you're, you're, what you just said is exactly what Marvel's doing. They, they know they have these hardcore comic geeks that are going to dissect this stuff like to, to oblivion. But then you ha- they're serving a movie that is really made for a general audience. And if you know more of the lore and if you care about some of those details, you'll, you'll kind of get to that next, next level or next layer of interest and enjoyment. But really, they're just making great movies that my girlfriend, my mom, my dad actually could still enjoy watching. That's, that's not that easy, right, to serve yeah. all those levels. Um, and so, hey, th- th- they're magic. I mean, I don't know. It, everything they touch has turned to gold still yeah. for yeah. the most part. And Wait, also, what, what's, what's a movie you don't like from the franchise? Thor the Dark World. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah. Well, that, that one's a gimme. Yeah, there's a lot of twos. <laughs> there's a lot of twos that are weaker. Thor 2, Ant-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Iron Man 2, I think, is good up until the end, and then it really falls off a cliff. Um, yeah. Some of the two, well, you know, Avengers 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You know, it's, yeah. it's too hard. What James Gunn accomplished in the first movie it was incredible. It's so hard. Yeah, but to, to top that, but then you have Cap two, and and you have like pretty mm. much any Captain mm. America movie, and now including the TV show, it's like I don't know what it is about this character, but you, it's it's for some reason it's hard for this franchise to derail this character. And the other interesting thing too that like I think people get so focused on putting on all the things. Like I really enjoyed Civil War. I know some people that might be hardcore fans would be like, "Well, oh, I love it." Zemo wasn't the Zemo I know from. It's like give it time because now we're talking Warner Soldier and he's got the mask and everything. And also, I think his motivations are more interesting than his motivations in the comics. Uh, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> and he put his hand near the side of his mouth to emphasize. Yeah, that. I just wanted to emphasize that I think the his motivations are really interesting and also. He has a point. <laughs> like, imagine, <laughs> imagine if Zemo lived in the boys' universe and not the Marvel universe. You'd be like, "Yeah, Zemo's mm-hmm. the good guy." <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, he's only the bad guy in that franchise because he lives in the universe where Captain America's not a jerk. <laughs> anyway, that is true. Uh, I technically the Captain America that started Cap, uh, Falcon and the Soldier, the John Walker one, was kind of a jerk, but whatever. Anyway, but but I think that's another thing is they're focused on point is they're focused on making the movies good. And not so hung up. You know, it's it's that balance of the specifics of the lore, but also making a movie. So your mom or your sister doesn't need to know that Zemo has this purple mask. None of that, none of that matters to Civil War, so we're not going to get into it. And then give us enough time, we'll get there. We'll get to all that stuff. Like That's, it'll, that's what I'm saying. I mean, look, the other the argument, I'm sure you've talked about this on your show before. I, I don't I don't understand if you're a fan of comic books, why you want to see the exact same thing you read play out exactly on screen. Now, there's times where you might want it to hold true, but I want to see different shades like Zemo is arguably one of the most interesting villains. He's a human that dismantled the Avengers who have still have fallout and repercussions from what he did to this day. And he's a regular dude. Yeah. I mean, he's military trained. He's really smart, but he's not like a superpower Thanos. And he he offers, he's still alive too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that it's important for people to kind of let go of their like, this is my childhood stuff. Because I am I was the deepest comic book reader. No one cared about Iron Man mm-hmm. when I was reading comics. Yeah. He was a C-level, D-level character at best. Yeah. Let's be real. So, you know, throw all that stuff out the window and, you know, enjoy it and 
thank God, you know, we have these comics that can give us some great source material and moments to remember that show up in the movies. But I think like letting it go and being, you know, is, is, is probably better and healthier mentally. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially, and now we're getting to, you know, Shang-Chi and it's like, that's a character. Mm-hmm. I like that character. I like that when he shows up in a comic, could I tell you a Shang-Chi story? No, I don't know. There's not many, actually. There's really not many. Yeah, and so the the cool thing about that movie is that, like we're talking about with some of these these video game adaptations, is you can kind of do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Shang-Chi's greatest enemy is his dad. And yeah, that's it. That's literally it. That's all. And 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 he's the master of kung fu. So that that was my not to derail us from our conversation, but that was was my one hang up when we were going in this movie. It's like whenever you do that movie, he's got to look like he can literally kick everybody else's ass because that's his thing. You know what I mean? Like it, that's his mm-hmm. one. He doesn't have a shield. <laughs> he doesn't have a suit of armor. It's that he can kick anybody else's ass. And so when I saw that trailer, like that's it. That's your. That's the guy. That's so I'm. Dope. I'm sold. So anyway, yeah. we're way off the rails now, but. Uh, get whoever directed the Shang-Chi movie to do your Mortal Kombat movie. Anyway, um, before we go, remind the kids at home where they can find you, what they should be looking out for. Yeah, um, so you can find me. My channel is pretty easy. YouTube.com slash Brian Tong. That's Brian with an I. Don't get it twisted because mm-hmm. that's important. People, Some people really care about that. I don't as much. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Brian Tong as well. And I really just cover everything in the tech geek culture space. A lot of tech. Um, but I'm a geek at heart. And so I do cover a lot of geek stuff as well. And sometimes you get some really cool behind the scenes stuff and interviews. You know, I was fortunate enough to interview the director of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I almost called it Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So it was, was, you know, it quite honestly, as you um, start, as you follow this stuff more, it's really interesting to talk to the producers and the writers and the directors sometimes more than the actors. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to break it to you guys. Mm-hmm. But, and I love the actors, yeah. but you get, you get more good stuff a lot of times. I, I liked um, I, Malcolm Spellman, the showrunner. He did an interview where he was talking mm-hmm. about like how apparently the, when they, they wrote that scene where like Falcon couldn't get alone. And apparently there was like a lot of like, not necessarily pushback, but like Kevin Feige, everybody was like, wait, is this what? And it's just, I love the idea that this, this long into the franchise, somebody can like throw an idea out there that like throws everybody for a loop. Like, wait, actual real life issues like wait are we gonna do this Mm -hmm. and they did they did and that's one Mm -hmm. of the reasons i really love that show is is uh sam wilson has real problems he's got yes sir everyday issues well that's super cool everybody should go check out brian's channel go subscribe brian with an eye don't get it twisted um uh and you can follow me everywhere that matters at dj talks trash you can follow this show at only stupid answers but on twitter you're gonna want to yank the vowels out of stupid um Please, I was going to say like and subscribe. Please share the show, five-star reviews, all that. Again, if you want to check out shows like this, episodes like this early, you can do that at patreon.com slash answers. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody.